2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it certainly has been a blessing already to be in the house of the Lord. Just a worshipful spirit, which we appreciate that. We thank the Lord for it. I was thinking on the way over here, I thought that what a blessing it is to be going to a little haven. We've got a little haven here is what we have. We've got a place where we can come and come apart from this world and kind of just worship the Lord. And we ought to be worshiping the Lord, of course, when we're at our jobs and other places. But this is just a little haven of rest, I guess you could say a place where we can worship the Lord. We're very thankful for this, this church. And a youth choir, you sounded good. Well, let me say it again. A below 50 choir, you sounded good. Sounded really good tonight. And I certainly did enjoy it. Second Corinthians chapter 5, we'll start our reading in verse 17. I do want to thank the Lord for the privilege and honor to be behind this pulpit. And I do ask you to pray for us. Uh, I say this every time I stand up here. I'm nervous as I can possibly be. But I'd be scared if I wasn't nervous. So... Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we'll start our reading in verse 17. I won't have you stand tonight, I'll let you rest. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You don't have something as big as God move into you and it don't stick out somewhere. Uh, there'll be a change in you. There'll be a change. Your head will be changed. You'll think differently. Your hands will be changed. You'll handle things differently. Uh, it, they're just All things are become new. Just, you'll just be different. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And it goes on and says this uh, in verse 18, And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given, a, given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing the trespasses unto them, and hath commit, committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now what I really want you to focus on is verse 20 tonight. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Verse 21, what a blessing this verse is. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. If you would pray with me this morning, or this evening, excuse me. Father, we certainly want to say thank you for what's already taken place here tonight. Lord, we praise your lovely name, Lord, for just meeting with us. Lord, what an act of grace that you'd have anything even at all to do with this. Lord, thank you for the ability to pray. Thank you for the ability to speak. And Lord, I pray that we'll speak what thus saith the Lord tonight. Father, please let us be a help to your people. Lord, you've helped me through this study. And Lord, I pray that it'll, uh, it'll go to your people tonight as well. Again, we want to say that we want to pray for our pastor, pastor's wife, uh, touch the gravelies, Lord, as they're down in Alabama. Give them souls for their labor. And Father, when they do go to this other meeting, give them traveling mercies. And Father, I'm going to pray that you'll bring them back to us this Sunday morning, Lord. Again, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for every testimony that's been uh, given tonight, every word that's been sung. And Lord, I pray that it's all honoring and glorifying to you, which I believe it has been. Lord, we pray these things in your lovely and precious name. Amen and amen. Everything that we do as human beings is motivated by something. Every action that we do, it's motivated by something. There's something behind it. There's a reason why we do what we do. Uh, you men and ladies, when you go to work, you're working for a paycheck that you might supply the need of your family. Uh, we try to eat healthy that we might live a little longer and be able to be around to worship the Lord longer and all those different things. There's always a motivating factor behind everything that we do. 
And what I want to look at is this, just for a little while. I'm going to kind of skip the introduction a little bit for sake of time and just get into the message. Uh, We can look back, we can look back just a little bit in chapter 5, where even back in chapter 4, excuse me, chapter 4, verses 8 through 18, we see Paul deals with our present troubles. If you was to go back to the very first of the book of 2 Corinthians, you'll see the word uh, suffering several, several times. You'll see the word comfort as well. Now, we know that a man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble, full of sorrows. It's already been spoken of even here tonight that we're going to go through some hard times. And what Paul is doing, writing to the Corinthians church, is he's trying to tell them that, listen, things are going to get better. Things are going to, there is a brighter day that's coming. Uh, there, is, there is comfort to be found in God's word. There's comfort to be found in Jesus Christ himself. Now listen, God will have you go through some things. Oftentimes, he'll have you go through something and it may not even be for you. It may be for somebody else that you may be able to comfort them. We see that in chapter one. But he rolls along here. Not only does he mention the present troubles, but he also mentions this in chapter five, verses one through 11. He mentions our prospect, our prospective transformation, our prospective transformation. So preacher, what do you mean by that? If I was to look at verse one of chapter five, It says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Folks, I'm glad to say tonight that this body is not going to be the body that's going to be in heaven. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad that we're not going to have to be before the Lord in this body? This body is corrupt. We'll have a body likened to the Lord Jesus Christ's body. So I'm thankful for that. There is a perspective of a transformation. I like what it says in the book of Job, chapter 19. Uh, Job has asked all kinds of questions, Brother Andrew, all through the book of Job. And I think me and you would probably be asking the same questions that Job asked. Why has all this taken place? Why is all this happening to me? But he gets over there and gets into Job chapter 19 and all of a sudden he says this, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And I'm glad to report to you tonight that we serve a risen Savior. We know that we serve a risen Savior. And we know because He rose, one day again our bodies will will rise, that resurrection of the body. I could spend a lot more time there, but I'll move on. Let me, if you don't mind, I do want to cover this though. Look at verse 5 of chapter, uh, excuse me, verse 5 of chapter 5. It says, Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. You know what an earnest is? I'm in real estate, and y'all pray for me about that. But anyway, uh, I, I deal with earnest money quite a bit. Actually, tomorrow I'll be picking some up. Earnest money is, is given. Uh, this is the, the illustration I want to use here. Uh, earnest money, what it is, it's a down payment promising full payment to come. Now say that it's a down payment promising full payment will come. And that's what the earnest of the Spirit, that's what the Holy Spirit is. It's a down payment of, of greater things to come. And here's the thing that, that, that struck me about this, Brother Brian, is this thing of uh, the earnest of the Spirit. Uh, this, is a, this is a great uh, statement of eternal security here. And it says this, the one that gives is totally responsible, the total responsibility lies with the one giving the earnest money, which is God, not the one receiving, the believer. Uh, our salvation is not up to us hanging on to Jesus. It's Jesus hanging on to us. Isn't that a blessing? We, we are eternally secure in the Lord uh, tonight. 
But he mentions those things. And now what I want to look at is this, the present task that we have, the present task. And what are the motivating, motivating factors behind that present task that we have? What is it that motivates us? What is the reason why? Let me ask you that tonight. What is the reason why that you do what you do for Jesus? What's the reason why? Now, I read verse 20 in your hearing where it says, And now, then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, what does an ambassador do? An ambassador does not sit and talk about himself. An ambassador brings the word of the king to a foreign land. That's what an ambassador does. And what I want to look at just a little while is this thing of being an ambassador. What does it mean? What, what all does it entail, I guess you could say? The first thing that I want to see is this, I want you all to see is this, in verse 20 where it says, Now then we are ambassadors. That's the certainty of our ambassadorship. The certainty of our ambassadorship. It says this, it says, Now then we are ambassadors. That means this, it doesn't mean that we should be or if we choose the position. No, folks, listen, when you are saved, you are birthed into the family of God. You are put in Christ Jesus. You are put in this warfare. Uh, you are enlisted into the army. And listen to me tonight, you were made an ambassador for Christ Jesus. Uh, you can't just choose to be an ambassador yourself. Now, I guess you can choose to be an ambassador if you choose Jesus Christ as your Savior. Of course, yes, that's it. But there's a certainty there. What I want you to notice in verse 20 as well is this is not a challenge. It is a description. It's not a challenge to be an ambassador. It's a description of what an ambassador should be. And that's what we're going to kind of go through just a little bit here tonight. Not only the certainty of our ambassadorship, but also this, the commissioning by the king. A ambassador is commissioned by the king. Who is our king? Our king is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who our king is. You can't make yourself one. You can't commission or call yourself. That's just like the call to preach. You can't call yourself. It's a, a calling from God. Uh, but here's the thing, the same thing with an, with, a, with an ambassador as well. Look what it says in verse 18 and 19. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Ministry is not just for pastors, preachers, evangelists, missionaries, deacons. and, and they, they, You are in the ministry tonight. I'm looking at individuals that if you're saved tonight by the good graces of God, that you are in the ministry. God has a ministry for you. And your job is this. Your job is to find what that ministry is, accept what Jesus has for you, get right smack dab in the middle of it. And I appreciate what Brother Jaron said the other day. There's nowhere better to be than right smack dab, right in the center of God's will. And the center of God's will is whatever God has you to minister, whatever it is. You could just be a minister of encouragement. How that's needed in the world today. Someone just to come along inside, alongside you and just say, listen, is that not what the Holy Spirit does, basically? He comes alongside and, 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 and offers encouragement. That's what, that's what we're to do. We're to encourage one another in the faith. Lift up one another, help one another. And especially help our pastor and pastor's wife. Especially pray for them, uplift them. I tell you, it can be a very discouraging thing. It can be the most encouraging or discouraging. What does it say in John 17, verse 18? Again, talking about the commissioning by the king. John 17, 18 says this, And thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. John 20, verse 21, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. 
As my Father had sent me, even so send I you. Does that not do something for you tonight to know that Jesus has sent you to be a minister of reconciliation, to be a part of this ministry of reconciliation? We'll deal with that a little bit more here in a little while. Think about this, brothers and sisters in Christ tonight. God could have chose anything He wanted to to minister. He could, have, he could have chosen, if he wanted to, he could have chosen angels, which I know there are ministering angels, I understand that, but he could have chosen them. He could have chosen whatever he wanted to, but he chose me and you to be ministers for him, to be ambassadors for him. Not only the commissioning by the king, but also this, uh, well, let me look a little bit further here. Since we've been commissioned by the king, he's appointed us to be ambassadors. Think about this. We have all that the king had, we have his power, we have his protection, and we have his provision. Whenever an ambassador is sent out to a foreign country, when he gets in that country, he has the backing of that king that he's representing. Let me say that again. He has the backing of that king that he's representing. Right. Folks, me and you as children of God, you're a child of the king tonight. As a, as a child of God, I have the backing of my king, my heavenly father. I have his provision, meaning this, that I'm never going uh, to be without his provision. I'm never going to be wanting. Yes. I, I believe that if I was to go through the house tonight and, and ask you one by one, have you ever been wanting something? What I mean by that is, has God not taken care of you in every form, in every fashion, in every way, in every situation? God has always been faithful to take care of you. And by the way, He always will be faithful. Where God guides, He will provide. So since we have been commissioned by the king, we have his power. I think about the great commission over there in Matthew 28, verses 18, 19, and 20. I think about how that he says, go ye into the world. You see that word go there. I remember Brother Ed Ballou one time uh, stopped in at our little country church that we were saved at there, and he made mention, and this is, he just preached this. He said, go and lo. That was, his, that was his points, Brother Tim. Go and lo, I am with you. He says, go and by the way, God's not going to commission you to go somewhere and leave you stranded there. The same way that like if President Trump commissions someone to be an ambassador, he's not going to send them out there and leave them there. He's going to take care of them. He's going to provide for them. By the way, did y'all celebrate President Trump Day this last Monday? President's Day? I think we ought to just, I think you ought to put a, a national holiday and just call it Trump Day or something anyway. I don't, I don't know what that had to do with the message. But anyway, uh, his, his power. We have his power. We have his promises. We have his protection. Uh, whenever they go over into the foreign field, an ambassador, they have the protection of the state which they have left, the country, the king which they've left. I must move on. Especially the provision, think about this, Philippians 4 verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When God writes a check, it never bounces. The commissioning by the king, but not only that, listen to this one, the next one. An ambassador must be a citizen of the country they represent. An ambassador must be a citizen of the country they represent. You will not be an ambassador tonight if you've never been born again. You've got, to, you've got to start out there. Would you believe that we've got a lot of people in our, our, our good, independent, fundamental King James Bible-believing churches today that they're trying to work the works of a saved individual, but yet they've never met the Savior? Right. I believe it. I've watched it 
I've watched it, brother, die with my own eyes. I've sat and watched people, they, they'll work themselves to death and they'll burn themselves up trying to be saved, trying to act saved. And you can't act saved without the Savior. You can't be saved without the Savior. Of course, that's a very simple statement. But an ambassador must be a citizen of the country they represent. Philippians 3 verse 20 says this, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I would not be messing with the King James Bible English at all here in saying where it says, For our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven. Folks, we're strangers. We're pilgrims and strangers. We're just passing through. That's all we are. We need not put our tent stakes down too deep, folks, because I can tell you this, there's nothing preventing the Lord Jesus Christ, nothing prophetically preventing Him from coming back. We're going to leave out of here by, either by the cloud or by the clod, one of the two. We're going to leave out of here by the rapture or by death. It's going to be one of the two, folks, but we're going to meet Him one day. The ambassador must be a citizen of the country they represent. Luke 10, verse 20, says, Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Aren't you glad of that fateful day? Oh, happy day, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. I can still remember on October the 12th, 1997. He said, Preacher, why do you always mention that date? Listen, my salvation does not rest just in that date. That's just when the transaction took place. You see, salvation is not past tense, Brother Tim. It's not past tense. I know that I'm saved because of what's happening to me right now. I mean, I'm glad that I can. I'm glad that God has. He knew, he knew what I'm made up of. I needed to be able to go back to a, a time when God did save me. I'm not, I'm not going to fall out with you tonight if you can't go back to a specific moment and date when God saved you. You just need to know it took place. And the reason why I know it took place is because of how I'm living today, how Jesus is living through me today. But let me go back to this. Again, it says because your names are written in heaven. I'm glad that if you're a child of God, your name is in the Lamb's book of life. By the way, never to be erased. Always there. So an ambassador must be a citizen of the country they represent. But also this, and here's a, here's, this is so important. He, an ambassador carries the message of the king. He carries the message of the king. You, you think about this. An ambassador, whenever, how would it be this? Let's look at this, let's look at this in, in our day today. President Trump sends an ambassador out. Let's say he sends an ambassador to, ambassador to Egypt. Excuse me. Uh, the ambassador gets over there and he walks over there. Brother Laddie, uh, what, it, what he does is he walks up and he starts putting his agenda first. He starts saying, this is why I'm here. I'm here to uh, make me some money off of oil or whatever it is. Or I'm, you know, whatever, whatever his own agenda is, that's not what a true ambassador does. An ambassador just simply, again, brings the message and represents the king. He carries the message of the king. What is the message? Let's look here real quickly here. The first what we see is this in verse 17. This is the message that me and you as ambassadors for Christ are to carry. Here it is, verse 17. Uh, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We see there the, the message of regeneration. The message of regeneration. We're to carry the message of regeneration. You know, that ought to be a motivating factor for me and you is the fact that God can regenerate somebody, that God can take an old, wretched sinner that lives a, 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 on top of a bar, they're above a bar, and He can take him and can change him and set him on, a, on the front pew of a, of a Baptist church. 
We ought to use that as a motivating factor. But again, you know, that's the first part of the message there. But only, not only that, not only regeneration, but also in verse 18, the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. What is reconciliation? This may be a, a poor illustration of this, but this is what the Lord gave me, and I hope it puts the point across to you. Reconciliation is this. It's God. God has already reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. It's God has already reached out. It's me and you getting, Brother Brian, and getting someone's hand and taking and placing it in Jesus, introducing you as a lost individual to a saving God. That's what reconciliation is. That's to be our message. Our message is not to be about ourselves. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5 says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Brother Di, you mentioned these verses the other day in prayer room, and that's why I come to you after the service and was asking about these. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 with me. Hold your place in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Again, I'm talking about how that an ambassador carries the message of the king and not himself, his own agenda, our own message. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we'll start out reading in verse 4. It says, In such trust have we through Christ to God to Godward. Verse 5, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Isn't that amazing? There you see how many times it says ourselves. A good study for you would be go, go through 2 Corinthians and look at all the times he talks about ourselves. And every time he says it, he says, it's not about us. It's not about ourselves. Uh, the message that we're to carry, we're not to carry a message about how good we are. We're to carry a message about how great he is. 1 Timothy 1 verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. To think that God counted me and you faithful to give us the ministry of reconciliation. To let it be, to let God speak through us to a lost and dying world. What a blessing that is. I could spend so much more time there. I will mention this. Do you know what our ministry, or excuse me, our message is not? Our message is not just a a, a do-good religion type message. It's not a self-reformation message. You've got a lot of people that they're more concerned about reforming people than they are getting them regenerated. I said that again. They're more interested in reforming somebody, making them whitewashed shepherds, they're, 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 more, they're more interested in cleaning up the outside than they are getting the inside cleaned up. Sure, I believe but after you get born again, Brother Danny, I know that God changes you and you're going to start dressing different. You're going to start going in different places. You're going to do all those things. But it needs to start from the inside out. It has to be that inside change. Let's move a little further away from that one. But also, uh, I like this one. An ambassador must communicate often with headquarters. Whenever an ambassador goes over to a foreign land, that ambassador is not, again, not left over there by themselves just to try to figure everything out by themselves. You know what they do? They consult the master. They consult the king. They keep in touch with headquarters. What is our headquarters? Our headquarters is in heaven. How does our headquarters speak to us tonight other than through God's word? 
We wonder why that we're in such bad shape oftentimes. And sister, you said it well when you stood up and testified before we preached about how that, that I'm, I'm ashamed tonight about how little I spend in God's Word. This is how that He gives us our marching orders. Whenever that ambassador's over there, he don't decide what he's going to do that day. It has been placed before him. Our pastor last Wednesday night, and by the way, aren't you glad that we've got a pastor that doesn't just mail it in on Wednesday nights, that actually stands up and preaches, preaches the Word of God with, without any kind of apology, that he doesn't preach down to the crowd just because numbers may be down. He doesn't preach just a little simple message, but he gets up here and thunders forth the Word of God. Aren't you glad of that tonight? What a blessing that he is. But he, he himself, our pastor, Brother Gravel, he said this. He said that oh, just keep marching on. Yeah. We've got to have marching orders to keep marching on. What's our marching orders? It's none other than the Word of God. Amen. That's our marching orders. Yes. So we must communicate often with headquarters. I think of 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray, pray without ceasing. And that is just being in that mode of prayer uh, being able to approach the throne of grace, not having anything between you and God, having the communication lines clear. An ambassador does not make decisions on their own again. That's absolutely contrary to what they do. We're down to the last two. You've endured to the end tonight. Let's look at this one. Is always concerned about the reputation of the king and the people they represent. An ambassador is always concerned about the reputation of the king and the people they represent. I tell you something tonight, and I know you know this. People judge the nation and ruler by the ambassadors that they see. If an ambassador, let's use that same illustration I used earlier, President Trump sends an ambassador to Egypt. He gets over there and he just acts a fool. Can I just say it that way? That ambassador just acts wrong, has a bad attitude. Do you know that there's people outside of these doors, the lost and dying world, that's going to judge this church by your actions and your attitude? There's people at your work that you may walk in there and I've worked with these people before and I know you have too. Where you, they'll, walk, they'll walk in and, 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 and they'll, they'll, their, their, their communication is just whoever they're around. It goes along with whoever they're around. What I mean by that is if they're around somebody that's lost, they can talk like the lost. If they're around somebody saved, they can talk like the saved. They just kind of float back and forth. And there's, there's no room for that, folks, in the world we live in today. We need to stand up, contend for the faith. Be seen, let, let people uh, see our good actions and our good attitude and not see the bad. Yes. Just be careful, folks, because you represent, and not only that, let me just say this, you represent Bible Baptist Church as well. Amen. You represent this church. And you ought to always be mindful of that and you represent God. Your attitude needs to be good. Your actions need to be good. While I'm there on this thing of attitude, I've watched this take place before. I've watched people leave a church service on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night and go out to a restaurant. And I'm not, I'm not saying any of you all, okay? I'm not, I'm not pointing at any of y'all. Y'all don't get nervous, all right? But what I'm saying is I've seen people do this. I've seen people leave a church service, have their church clothes on, all that and everything, walk into a restaurant and give a waiter or waitress such a hard time while sitting there maybe talking about the Lord and fussing about their meal and all that, you know, and things like that, just having a bad attitude. If somebody cut them off in traffic and they honk at them, horn cuss them or whatever it is. Hey, I know this is simple stuff, but listen, that's what, hey, listen, we're ambassadors, are we not? Right. Let me ask you this question. Is there ever a time, brothers and sisters, where we clock out as being an ambassador? 
Is an ambassador just from 10 o'clock on Sunday morning to about 1 o'clock and then we cook back in and clock back in at 5 or whatever, 5 o'clock and leave that clock out at 7? No, folks. An ambassador is every, every situation in your life, every, every time, all times in your life. I must move on. Not only the attitude and your actions are being watched, but also your attire. An ambassador has an appearance and an attire that they need to constantly have on. And it's not so much about the outward adorning as it is about your attitude and your actions, your attire, your appearance, all those different things. And we can see that, and I won't have you turn there, but let me read these verses. Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13 says this. Notice the first two words, put on, put on. If I was to go back in Colossians, back around about verse 8 or 9, it talks about put off some things. We're to put off this old man. We're to put off the flesh. It says that in the book of Ephesians as well. But what does it say that we're to put on? Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, as the commissioned, as the the appointed, as the ones that's been entrusted with the, the ministry of reconciliation. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of what? Mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, anyone, excuse me, uh, anyone, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Do, do ye. But look at that where it says, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Those are things that ought to be characteristics of an ambassador, should be. Let's deal with these last two. We'll go home tonight. Here's the one that really where the rubber meets the road, I guess you could say. Must give an account of what he has done while on foreign soil. Must give an account of what he has done while on foreign soil. Go back to verse 10 with me. And this again ought to be the reason why. What is the motivating factors why? One of the main motivating factors is that one day we will stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ. What does it say? For we must all appear... By the way, that appear doesn't mean just show up. You know what that means? It means there'll be some things that will be revealed. They'll be exposed. I don't know about you all, but it scares me to death. It makes me tremble to think about that one day I'll stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of of Christ, at the Bema seat. I'll be standing before Him, and I'm going to give an answer. I'm going to give an answer for what I've done in my body since I've been saved. Notice what is not being judged here. It's not, this is not being questioned. His citizenship, our citizenship will not be questioned there. It is our stewardship that will be questioned there. Not our citizenship. It's not whether we're lost or whether we're saved. The, the thing with being lost and being saved, that's the great white throne judgment. For the lost, that's where uh, the lost will be taken out of hell, stand before God Almighty at the great white throne judgment. They'll be cast into the lake of fire. They'll be judged for their sins. But me and you as born-again believers will stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ for what we have done, how well of a steward we've been, how well of an ambassador we've been. When that ambassador comes back from that foreign soul, guess guess what he does? He has to answer to the king. He has to give a report. And by the way, it's going to be something that's going to be unavoidable. It'll be undeniable. You're not going to be able to get up there as an ambassador and say, no, I didn't do that. All things are going to be known. All things are going to be revealed. You're not going to be able to hide. And by the way, young folks, you're not going to, be, you're not going to have your mom and daddy up there. 
I'm not going to have my pastor to, to speak for me. I'll be standing before God by myself. And all things will be revealed. We'll stand before Him, the leader, and give an account. Romans 14, 10, For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. I'll give you a few things here real quick. Our motives will be judged. What was our motives? We've been dealing with motives here. Our methods will be judged. Our manner of life. I'm going to give you this one, our, our measure. Our measure. So preacher, what do you mean by measure? How much we've done for Jesus. The quantity of how much we've done for Him. Brother Brian, I've been guilty of preaching this before. I've been guilty of preaching that it's more about quality than it is quantity. And I say that it's more about quality than it is quantity. But really, truly, think about this. I would, I would want to stand before God knowing that I had good quality work that I'd done for Him, that He allowed me to do for Him, but also that I'd had a good quantity of work, meaning that I had redeemed my time, that I had, had been a good steward of God's time, that I had worked while working was being able to be done, and that is now. You're not going to be able to win anybody to Christ in, in heaven. You're not going to be able to speak a, a gospel message in heaven. You're not going to be able to uh, take part in the ministry of reconciliation in heaven because everybody will be reconciled. I run across this. The other day I was, I was on my way home and, and, and this song came on and, and I listened to it and, and, and it, they kind of almost repeated it again. And Listen to the words of it real quickly here. And again, I'm talking about standing before God at the judgment seat of Christ. The name of this song is, I wish I had given him more. By and by when I look on his face, beautiful face, thorn shadow face. By and by when I look on his face, I wish I had given him more. More, so much more, more of my life than air gave before. By and by when I look on his face, I wish I had given him more. By and by when he holds out his hands, welcoming hands, nail-riven hands. By and by when he holds out his hands, I wish I had given him more. More, so much more, more of my love than air gave before. By and by when he holds out his hands, I wish I had given him more. In the light of, the, of that heavenly place, light from his face, beautiful face, in the light of that heavenly place, I wish I had given him more. More, so much more, treasures unbounded, for him I adore. By and by, when I look on his face, I wish I had given him more. When we stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to wish that we had given him more. We're going to wish that we had had less of self and more of him. Brother Zach, as I was sitting by you just a little while ago, the Lord kind of bring, brings to remembrance you and some of the other men of God that are, that are in here and ladies of God as well. Brother Zach, I know there's one statement that you'll never make. You'll never make this statement that I gave too much to God. Right. How many years have you been in the ministry, Brother Jack? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> a long time. 67. 67. He would never say in the 67 years of his ministry that God had given him, given him, he'd never say that I've given God too much. No, no, never happened. If we could get, if we could get Brother Cape and bring him back, which he wouldn't come back, but if we could get him and we could bring him back, he would stand right here and he'd say, you know what, I wish I'd given him more. And that's, that's not no reproach to him at all, but he would say that. Ed, Ed Ballou, Stint Ballou, all them, I had the privilege of sitting at a table in front of Dr. Lee Robertson and Brother Laddie, we were asking him questions about what he, what he wished he had done different. And this is why he was still living. It was right around 2003 or so. 
But Jonathan, I sat down and, and the question was asked, what do you regret in, in ministry? And this is what he said. He said, I regret, I regret not praying more. That's what he said. I regret not praying more. He didn't say, I regret giving him my all. He didn't say, I regret giving, you know, I wish I hadn't given him so much. That ain't what he said. You'll never hear that, say, that statement come out of, a, of a, out of a true ambassador's mouth. What's the reasons you do what you do? As our folks come forward, thank you. I bless you. I'm going to leave off with this, but also an ambassador is called home before, before war. I say that, an ambassador is called home before war. I'm glad that we're a pre-tribulation church, pre-millennial, pre-millennial church. I'm glad that the rapture is going to take place before that, and we're going to get out of here, folks.